This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I had a gut feeling you would be online now. Hi. I can give you advice. I'm great at advice. If only you could help. Ooh. Is it about love? Please say no. No? How cute is that? My business is in trouble. Huh. Well... I'm a brilliant businessman. It's what I do best. What's your business? No. No specifics. If you thought these guys spent every waking hour of their lives doing manly things like watching sports while yelling at their TVs, shaving with straight razors, and revving their V8 truck engines, well, yeah, think again. It's time for Mackie and Judd to turn in their man cards. This is Rom-Com Rewind. Obviously, this is very manly. I I only know him through the... uh... You're not going to believe this. Oh, let me guess. Through the internet? Yes. Hmm. You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Oh, hello. Hi. 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 Do you remember me from the bookstore? Of course I remember you, yes. (laughs) Hi. Hey, how's your aunt? (laughs) <laughs> She's great. Yeah. I better go deliver this. Uh, I have a very thirsty date. She's part camel. Joe, right? <laughs> Joe, isn't it? And you are Kathleen. Kathleen, <laughs> Kathleen. Oh. It might be my favorite line. I've got a very camel. thirsty date. She's part, part camel. camel. <laughs> That's old school, Hanks. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Welcome in to Rom-Com Rewind, everybody, where we do well, we do deep dives into three different genres of movies, action movies, sports movies, and rom-coms. And this one is a late 90s classic. It's the third installment of Tom Hanks' Meg Ryan, Joe versus the Volcano, Sleepless in Seattle, and now You've Got Mail from 1998. Is this the last one? I Yes. I think so, yeah. Okay, thank you. I, Joe versus Volcano is one of my least. I saw that last year. So not a fan. Not a never fan. seen it. Not a fan. Don't recommend it. it. Okay. All right. So we won't include yeah, it here don't. in Rom-Com Rewind? Please okay. don't. All right. Here's the summary. <laughs> Struggling boutique bookseller Kathleen Kelly, played by Meg Ryan, hates Joe Fox, played by Tom Hanks, the owner of a corporate Fox Books chain store that just moved in across the street. When they meet online, however, they begin an intense and anonymous internet romance, oblivious of each other's true identity. 
Eventually, Joe learns that the enchanting woman he's involved with is actually his business rival. He must now struggle to reconcile his real-life dislike for her with the cyber love that he's come to feel. 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes says, Great chemistry between the leads made this a warm and charming delight. $65 million budget turned into $251 million at the box office. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. And some other actors and actresses that were vaguely familiar. Uh, this movie was directed by Nora Ephron, the late Nora Ephron, who also wrote Sleepless in Seattle and When Harry Met Sally. So she is a legendary rom-com director and writer. She directed this movie and uh, also Sleepless, and she wrote When Harry Met Sally. So, all right, we'll start with Judd Zolgad. What was your key takeaway from You've Got Mail? Okay, I've got uh, two the first one will be quick. This was clearly the payoff for the fact that Sleepless did not have the main characters together until the very end at the Empire State Building. Right. Because, like, there was the chemistry there was sort of like this from, you know, through other people. And so this was clearly that, which, which was, okay, these two are great together. Um, yeah. So let's pay it off, which they, well, they did. And Nora Ephron, actually, she's quoted as saying that she considers this the sequel to Sleepless in Seattle, yeah, even though accurate. it's like not the same. Right. It's not the same characters and whatnot, but it's sort of like the it picks up and puts them in the same scenes together. And that yeah. gets to me to my most important takeaway. All right. Tom Hanks. Love him. Yeah. Like people love him. He's Tom Hanks. He proved himself in the 90s, especially to be one of the great actors but the character of Joe Fox is one of the worst human beings that we <laughs> have seen in our... Mm. You know what? I'm going to expand this. Action movie rewind. <laughs> Rom-com. Wow, dude. Joe Fox is a yes. ass. He is a terrible person. And and to be fair, the Kathleen Kelly character is an idiot. I mean, an idiot. <laughs> She's beyond dumb, but Joe <laughs> Fox, my God! And the you know what? And I'm, I say this in all seriousness: the only reason why, like, the chemistry worked, and and why I think people probably, well, ultimately the financial windfall proves it, loved this film was because Hanks is Hanks, but he was playing scum of the earth. Like this guy, at every turn, serves his own That's agenda. He serves his own agenda. He does yep. everything for himself. He yep. is a uh, he is a, a, a rich mogul. Um, you, you know who who's the perfect character in this film as far as be, because he's a great slime bag. Dabney Coleman, who's Hanks's dad. Okay, so Joe Fox's dad. What's his background? What's well? He, he just plays a good. A, he plays a great. Slime he's, on, ball. he's on a yacht. He, he yeah. was the boss going back to the eighties in nine to five. Uh, he's just a really, he's good at that. Tom Hanks tries, but he really can't be a slime ball, but the character's a slime ball. That's my takeaway. So I'm going to elbow in here because I can see Declan disagrees with you. And I just want to double down on what Judd just said before Declan chimes in to disagree now with both of us. I'm going to read you from my notes that I was taking last night. Okay. Joe Fox. My main takeaway is Joe Fox is one of the most manipulative and deceiving human beings you will ever come across. (laughs) Yes. So let's let's just start with the fact that he didn't reveal his true identity the first time he visits Kathleen's bookstore, right? Like before he even figures out who she is in relation to their online discussions. 
he's being deceitful from the very first time that they meet, right? He doesn't want to he doesn't want to reveal that he's Joe Fox, Fox Books, and he's going to take out her little shop around the corner, okay? Yes. But then so he sits down at her table at the coffee shop when he realizes, "Oh my god, this is the woman that I have been chatting with online and I've made this connection with." And he proceeds to spend the next half hour of the movie knowing that he knows who she is and she doesn't know who he is. And he manipulates and deceives her and gives her advice on how she should be communicating, as it turns out, with him. He shows up to her house with flowers after he puts her out of business, meets her for brunch and, and coffee lunch dates to, like I said, di- discuss yes. everything they've been talking about. Yes. Um, and I think I guess my question off this is, would you guys, if put in that same situation, where, like, would you leverage – the power and knowledge that Joe Fox had after he found out Shop Girl was Kathleen Kelly. One thousand percent. Yes. Yes. And then keep it up. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's rich. You, do you know how many people are probably after him look, for a relationship? By the way, I've done some digging on how rich he may have been, and we'll get to that at nice. some point here, too. Look, he's definitely a suit. And when she calls him out for being a suit, which is a great, great scene, um, that's accurate. He's 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 definitely corporate. He's definitely corporate. He's he's a little manipulative. I get that. A little. A little. A manipul- little. A little manipulative. I love him. I think he's great. I think he's absolutely great in this film. And I think like my main takeaway number one is this is an adorable film. Like that 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 is exactly Which is what I they wanted down. people to. It's think. an adorable film because it's Hanks. Yes, it's an adorable little cute film. I, it, okay. it is a very classic rom com. Let's replace Hanks with Michael Douglas. That ca- that guy, because yeah. that's the character. Oh yeah, I'd be more slimy. He'd be. That's the character. You would hate him. Yeah, I yeah. would hate it. You're right. Hanks puts a charming spin on yeah. a terrible a terrible human being. Uh, <laughs> Michael Douglas just comes off as a terrible just, human yes. being. Yeah, as a terrible dude. But I mean, yeah. that character was was like almost based on characters that <laughs> Douglas and guys like that had played. The scene yeah. in the grocery store where he convinces the girl, the the checkout woman, to use the credit card for for her. Brilliant! I dude, thought that's if, brilliant, dude. If you ever saw that interaction in person, some some white guy comes over and he's talking to a person of color and that condescending of a tone, you would have just been you would have probably been taken aback and said something. But because it's Tom Hanks, it's Joe Hanks. Fox. It's yeah. Like, no, dude, so entitled. Uh, all right, Declan, uh, what was your main takeaway? Yeah, my main takeaway is it's an adorable film. I think it's a great film. This is the first time I've ever seen this movie. I've never seen any clips. I've known of it, but I've never uh, never seen it before. Uh, I loved the early editions of AIM and AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, I yeah, grew up we'll with AOL, and I know we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so seeing that in 1998 is kind of funny. I thought it was really cool how the movie kind of blends perfectly with that weird animation, and I'm sure in 1998 that must have been the bee's knees of like graphic animation and to how they like transition it to then the real to like to, to, to a real camera and stuff. I thought the opening yeah. scene was really really cool. I, I enjoyed this movie. I really, really enjoyed this movie. And I don't think Tom Hanks is that bad of a guy. He's a terrible human being. I don't think he's that bad of a guy. I would have done the same well, things. Tom Hanks seems like a great human being. Yeah, yeah, Joe, yeah. Fox. Joe, Joe Fox. Joe Fox. I was at Colvin yeah. Wise last night. He puts her out of business. I, I know a D-bag when I see a D-bag. I, I, don't, I don't think he's much of a D-bag. Oh, my wow. God. He's a huge. You like your D-bag, your D-bag radar. I have good. I have good. Dude, good he has no radar. problem with putting her out of business and then still trying to essentially sleep with her the entire film. Yes. And by the yes. way, she is a well, moron again. So, yeah, we'll get to all that. So, Joe, what was your favorite part about You've Got Mail? Um, my favorite part was the part where, and you, you brought this up, 
Uh, the scene in the coffee shop slash restaurant when he knows who she is and she does not not know and somehow can't figure out when he drops all the hints of you've got mail and she's still like, oh, uh, how'd you know? Um, but that scene itself I thought was great. Meg Ryan in restaurants is fantastic. <laughs> she was great with Billy Crystal. She's great here. But the angst between the two, the angst between them in that scene shows the chemistry as well. And and I did think, to Declan's point, I did think the key to this film, because it really did have shortcomings and I thought it was too long, yep. but the thing about this film that I really liked was the fact that that chemistry was so strong. And that scene itself was, I thought, really good. And because yeah. it was good, it was, in in a lot of ways, sort of realistic as well, too. So that scene encapsul- it encapsulates, I think, uh, for a large part, what I liked about the film. So I, let, let's just get right into the into the AIM discussion here, because my my favorite part about this movie, and, and I, technically it wasn't AOL Instant Messenger. They were just emailing each other, I believe. No, but there's, um, there's a little bit of AIM. There's yeah, a little bit was of there? AIM. They, yeah, they break into scene. it. Okay. They, yeah. cross, they cross a line by going to it, I think, when yep. she, okay. is, she is Oh, you're online him. right now. And, yes. and they mentioned that they met in a chat room, and that's how they then started emailing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say my favorite part of this movie is just the nostalgia of late 90s, early 2000s <laughs> internet, yeah. messenger. I mean, you think now we take for granted and who, you know, who could have foreseen just how many ways we have to communicate with each other now? I mean, you can, sure, you can call someone, you can text someone, but you can also communicate with people on any number of social media platforms. You can send direct messages, public messages, um, email, I mean, just it's it's almost overwhelming the number of ways that you can communicate with someone now. Um, and back in the late 90s, we were just getting into people going on the Internet. And instead of people using their real names like they do on most of their social accounts and Facebook, they all had screen names. And some of them were not like Shop Girl and uh, whatever Tom Hanks was, New York. Twitter like sort of, you know. Yeah. Now, you had your handle. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, AIM screen names were like your handle, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I know Declan, you used AOL Instant Messenger. Oh yeah, it was a, back in the was day, a, right? Was a big move. There was even times where I would leave when I didn't have a cell phone. I would leave an AIM message. I would leave my AIM as my oh what your your away message? Like no, no, no. I would use my AIM username instead of giving out a phone number. Oh, oh so you meet someone? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's absolutely. Yeah, that was absolutely in play. So as a so I was born in the mid '80s, and so I was in junior high and then early high school when AIM was huge, mm-hmm. and you know most people had dial-up internet. So if you were to go online for a period of time at night, like it was it was a big deal because you're essentially shutting off phone communication in your house for your parents and stuff. And I was always given permission to go online between like eight and ten p.m. Try to keep it to an hour somewhere in that window because it's late enough where like no one's going to try and call the house most likely. And we would be wrapping up the day at school. And if you had a crush on somebody or if you, you know, your buddies or whatever it was, the question when you were leaving school is always, what time are you going to be online tonight? Mm-hmm. I believe always. I buy that. You going to be online tonight? What time are you going to be online tonight? Right. Shoot. And Shoot. I, with Dex, you, you, you would more often give your aim screen name to somebody yeah. than you would a phone number in the late 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, little off tangent conversation, but the way I fix so. Uh, Judd will, won't know this. I'll explain it a little more. But when so WWE wrestler Eddie Guerrero, uh, he died actually here in Minneapolis, a famous WWE superstar. He had a heart attack, I believe, at the Marriott um, at a ho- local hotel in Minneapolis the day of a of a of a SmackDown taping. 
And the reason I figured out he died was because I was sleeping in bed, sleeping in at like 10, 11 a.m. And my I had a computer in my room and my AIM was blowing up. And my best friend was trying to wake me up saying, holy crap, dude, I've been trying to call you and you're not answering. And it was my AIM saying Eddie Guerrero is dead. So wait, we're. Were you asleep at this point? Yeah, I was, I was sleeping. It was the it was the morning of. Like I was but sleeping. Were, were you the... on dial up then, or how? No, how no, was this it... was this was two thousand five. So this oh, was this okay, was okay. Because I I want to get to that. Internet. But yes, uh, but okay, I mean, but sense. we had dial up. I remember that very vividly. Um, and my AIM was Deckman G two. Actually, it's the same handle I have for my my normal email now. My dad thought uh, it was good for a second grader to have an email account. So he thought Deckman, which was a normal nickname in my family, and then put G for Goff, or no, G for grade two. So Deckman G2. <laughs> oh, grade I thought it was two. just Deckman Goff, and nope. then the two was Deckman, like your baseball number or something. G as in grade two. That is oh, literally how the origin of my email is still to this day at almost 30 years old. <laughs> Deckman G2 from oh my grade God, two. So was that your only AIM screen name? Yeah, or did you that, have was my, that was my only one. That was my only one. I had a few of them. I had a few of them. Yeah, and we had to, they own and they recently destroyed AIM's finally done. Like, I think like only three years ago they finally killed it. But I had to bring it back yeah. when I worked at the St. Paul Saints. Um, Sean Aronson. That's how we communicated during broadcast when I was back in studio <laughs> and he was at the ballpark. He was not I, like G Chad no, or literally. I remember, literally I remember him else. very vividly saying, "Hey, do you still have Slack. AIM?" And I was like, "Dude, like I haven't used AIM in like sef- six or seven years. I'm 19 at this point out of college." He goes, "Well, like that is my main preferred communication during broadcast. You have to like text <laughs> me or send." So Sean, <laughs> Sean used Sean. AIM up until it literally goes away. <laughs> That's great. Away. Poor Sean. He must have been so sad like three years ago. Yeah, just I, like the, I thought the way of him, that he's been communicating for 20 years. Yeah, I, I think gone. of talking to teenagers as, as on AIM, and I think of Sean Aronson at the St. Paul Saints, my two uh, most fondest memories of AIM. So Dawn still has our, our original AOL email. She still has it. Like, she uses still, it. She still uses it? She yeah. still uses it. Oh, Ra- I mean, Rami, Rami's had an AOL email address. Still does, but yep. you should see the looks that you get now. If, if it's you my give, spam account. But if you give a person, if they ask for your email account and you give them your AOL email account, the looks that you get are hilarious. You also, I think like, some people huh? like Doogie. Doogie has a Hotmail yep, email Doogie account. Doogie has Hotmail. Yeah. I can't believe that's, that's old school. Yeah. So my my AIM screen names, I had three of. I think I had a bunch more, but the three that I remember. Our um, fielder, so my my number in sports and baseball was twenty one, and I loved Sammy Sosa wore twenty one, and Kevin Garnett wore twenty one, so I love the number twenty one. So our uh, fielder twenty one, because I loved Sammy Sosa, and he was a right fielder who wore twenty one. So our fielder twenty one, and then uh, long ball twenty one Mac was another AIM screen name, and uh, I also was my more anonymous one. If those weren't anonymous enough, was Master of Lingo. Wow! Just pop in, just pop in, because you could like people weren't it, it, people weren't usually Declan Goff, yeah, Judd Zolgad, right? It was right. you would get these instant messages, and this was kind of the fun of it when you were in high school and you're just starting to date, and you know, <laughs> and uh, you would get these messages from people that had you know Sparkle Eyes forty five or something, and you'd have to figure out, okay, is this person who they say they are, or is it, and we. My friends and I would do this sometimes. Or is it like one of your buddies trolling you right. with what and they're pretending to be a girl that you have a crush on in school or something? And so there's always the drama of figuring all that out. Let's get to dial up, okay? Because this film misrepresents dial up by a lot. It's <laughs> okay. ni- First of all, it's 98. 
Yep. I don't think there was anything. In, in fact, you, you can see the phone cords plugged in. Yeah. Now, they've got laptops, but they're they're plugged in. Okay, that's fine. But let's talk about speed, and let's talk about the fact that these people never get knocked offline. Like, inevitably, unless you, I think, it, unless you blocked calls, which you forgot to do at times. If you went, if you went dial up, you would get knocked offline. The other are thing you, are is, you, are you saying this movie would have been better with like a five minute there. scene of a, of a frustrated is, Tom I'm Hanks trying to get back online? The youth of America did not is not getting the full view of ninety eight dial up internet. The other thing is is you also do you remember at times how slow it, it would move? It would bog, oh, yeah. it would bog down big time. And like I love how like they literally look. In these scenes, when they're going back and forth, like they're on an Ethernet connection. Yep. Like, oh, yeah, hey, what's going on? Hey, how are you? You know, I'm just going to go to this website and that website. Anyway, misrepresentation of dial-up beyond belief right there. What we're – okay, since we're down this rabbit hole of late 90s Internet, (laughs) um, what year did you guys get Internet? And maybe Declan was too young to remember, but what year did you guys get Internet? And then what were some of your early – and I I shudder to ask this question to Judd – what were some of your early internet habits or sites or go-to things? Like what, what, what oh, made I can you excited to go on the internet? Oh, yeah. So I, I remember I remember it started to become a fad or impopular um, in like 94, 95-ish or so. And you'd start to see these ESPN ads for their their site, which, which then became, of course, when they tried to get their own brand, the Go Network. Um, yeah. I so we moved from our apartment in St. Louis Park off of three ninety four to Eden Prairie in ninety six, and I want to say we got a computer. We didn't. I don't think we had a computer before that. We got a computer around ninety six. Got online internet wise with dial up around ninety six or ninety seven. And there there used to be a. I'm trying to remember now. It, there was ESPN, but there was also a gener or a general sports site that was really pretty good at the time because like you didn't have all of these offshoots yet. Was it sports.com? It, it was just something like, like that. It was seriously something like that. And But I remember before when, when we still lived in our place in San Luis Park, I remember saying to Dawn at the time, can you imagine like being able to go online and get scores and get stories? And she's like, oh, I'm sure that's great. Um, I also, when I worked at, at the Strib, so keep in mind, for much of my time at the Strib until the mid 90s, we had a really comprehensive computer system, but you weren't like online. It, it was AP stories were coming into it, and and you would get score updates, but you wouldn't get like you couldn't follow scores. So in about 90, 95 or so, I bought there was a contraption that was a essentially a sports pager. It was the greatest thing. Okay, so but so like the twins would score a run, and it would just your pager would go off, and it would just show the updated score. You could or? get score. So the pager came. I sent away for it. I paid for it, obviously. And you could follow scores. That they would update them like a ticker, inning by inning. And so, like, I could pull the pager out and see all the scores. And it would, like, have sports news. Yeah. Just briefs. Just, you know, small briefs. But the point being is, like, it was thrilling to have this. And, and now you would laugh so hard, it's not even funny. I remember something similar existed in the early 2000s, like 2000, 2001 was right around the time where I got my first Nokia cell phone mm-hmm. and and they didn't really have apps, but they had a link. They had a couple different links for like you could, there's primitive versions of websites, but then there was a sports ticker link. Yep. 
And I remember just you know, a Buffalo high school kid. I remember being at winter sporting events, like hockey games, watching Buffalo. And then I would have my Nokia phone out because the, the Wolves would be playing the Kings. And you just all you would see was Timberwolves 87, yep. Kings 86. That's yes. Kings 88, Wolves 87. It's, I'm just sweating this random. I have no idea how they scored or anything like that. Um, my, so we got internet for the first time that I remember in like 96, I started on instant messenger around 97, 97, 98, like in junior high. And the first three or four websites or things that I was just, I couldn't wait to get online eBay. Yep. I I collected like wrestling memorabilia Mm -hmm. and things. So eBay was amazing. And I would buy like, well, I would buy, I had an allowance and then eventually in high school, a part-time job. Uh, But I would look for like old sports t-shirts and wrestling memorabilia and (laughs) you could buy autographs and who knows if they were real or not on eBay. And so I was always on eBay just looking at, oh my God, uh, sports cards and stuff. Yeah. Um. I also found, and I think it's defunct now, but there was a guy named Sean McAdam who sold old wrestling tapes. Like he would, he and which is illegal. Yes, <laughs> but but the internet wasn't really regulated to that point. So you, could, if you wanted like old eighties Smoky Mountain wrestling with whoever, like Ted DiBiase oh, could, or something, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he would literally sell you like you know three hours of of footage from those from those old days. That was. Do fun. you remember the price? The approximate price? Um, I don't. More expensive than like buying a regular VHS. And again, these are, these are things I would ask for for like birthday presents okay. or Christmas or use my allowance on. And then the other two, so Napster got huge in yep. like two, 99, 2000, downloading songs illegally. And uh, But the number one thing that I love to do early internet days, ESPN.com, starting in like 1998, they were like 15 years ahead of the Daily Fantasy craze like what you see on DraftKings and and FanDuel they had uh, virtual general manager VGM and you could do it for baseball hockey basketball and it was all play money but you would essentially compete with all these other people around the country on a nightly basis and then for the season putting together lineups that were going to perform the best that night and you had a salary cap to work within so you could go get like I remember in the late 90s or like 2000 you put together a basketball lineup and Kevin Garnett's playing the Warriors, so you know he's going to go off for 25 and 19 and five assists and not miss any shots. So you'd stack with, like, expensive KG, expensive Chris Webber, and then I need a cheap point guard, so I'm going to go Jamal Tinsley with Indiana because he's going to get nine assists, you know. Right. And so, like, I was, I played those VGM games all the time for, like, three or four years, 1998. I don't know, recall those at all. Amazing. So much. Fun. I don't recall those at all. The the only thing I, I recall is the initial ESPN design was just so awful. Oh, terrible! And like the columns would be like really small spaced, and yeah. and it was so it's challenging to read them. And yeah, like it, it's that. like it yeah. took them forever to to get like it's like just put some space between the <laughs> yeah. paragraphs or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Earliest internet memories I remember. I mean, I remember the dial up tone. I remember all that. We were also one of the first families that upgraded DSL. Right. That was like yep. the first. Yeah. Like upgrade from dial-up, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I remember getting DSL, and that was a big deal because like we were like one of the first of my friends that like had DSL, so people used to come over. Same with TiVo. We were like, I swear to God, we like in two thousand three, my dad jumped on the TiVo bandwagon first, and TiVo was a humongous thing. And the bloop 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 
I, I can still hear the sounds <laughs> of it. Um, my dad was a humongous eBay dude. Like, same timeline, 2001, 2002. The one that I remember the most and the one he got super obsessed with was two things. Candle making. He loved to make, he bought stuff to make his own candles. And then the other one, and I'm seeing this now make a comeback and seeing it all over the internet, is the ear waxing candle. Like, to get ear wax out is like, you literally lay your head down and you stick this candle, like a, nor, a humongous candle in your ear. Mm. No, and I've... and no. he would buy these things. And we used to have people over all the time, friends and family. And there'd be people, my aunts and cousins and family friends, doing this earwax candle in our house. Wow. And all because That's of eBay. Super weird. Super what? gross. Super so weird. Um, yeah, it was super messed. And Were now I'm seeing it come back. What's that? No, no, not yet. Sounds like you were a cult as a child. No, 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 no. Oh, no. It's, it's cult time. Kirk. Yeah, it was, oh, I was it's the just first trying one. to get earwax out. <laughs> I, was the, the I, was, I was the first one. But, um, we're yeah. sacrificing Aunt Joan. Don't tell that. <laughs> yeah. where'd, where'd Aunt Joan go? Oh, her ears. go away for a while. Her ears are all cleaned out. They're uh, beautiful. The websites, too, I remember are ESPN. Hi, and Uncle then, Charlie Manson. Uh, Cartoon Network. CartoonNetwork.com had a lot of like fun interactive yeah. games on it and stuff, and I used to go to that yeah. all like, the time. Yeah, like so, Dexter's Lab and Ed Ed Nitty were my my shows right here. That stuff all moved with dial up. You like couldn't do it. Yeah, you, it oh, moved so no, damn no. slow. It'd be like, oh, it was like oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, love it. Uh, I think we're over to Declan. Your favorite part about you've got mail? Yeah, favorite part. Uh, two things. I love the cast. Dave Chappelle is yep. my favorite comedian of all time, and like. Celebrity death that will affect me the most will be Dave Chappelle, like one hundred percent. And I have, I, and not to get morbid, but I have a horrible fear he will die young. Like I, I just have this terrible, terrible, terrible fear he'll. I love me some Dave Chappelle, um, and also Greg Kinnear. I like Greg Kinnear in this movie, who plays, um, who, who plays Meg Ryan's uh, boyfriend husband, and throughout the oh, majority of the film, we gotta talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah. and I've um, got a question about him too. But and, yes, that's and a my, great one. And my and to segue to it, in the favorite part, I love both of their respective breakups with their first girl, uh, significant others. So Tom Hanks's breakup in the elevator, realizing like he's stuck in this elevator and like this naggy, terrible new, like you think Parker Tom Posey. Hanks sucks. Dude. She sucks. She sucks way more than Tom Hanks. She's I can't terrible. stand her. She's equally, they're both, they're both evil. Yeah. She's not manipulative necessarily. Maybe you don't know because you don't, you don't see her a whole lot through the film, but she's a clearly a terrible person. And that's where he realizes, Oh my God, I can't be with this person. He takes his dog and goes on the boat. And then with Meg Ryan, it's a very like amicable, breakup like they're just realizing like we aren't in love with each other like we aren't good for each other but like it's okay and we're, we're good with that i loved that mm-hmm. their respective breakups each how they happened i, w- I was a big fan of it right. uh joe what was your least favorite part about you've got mail actually declan just started down the path <laughs> that i want to get to okay i think if meg hadn't had the exact same breakup in sleepless with bill pullman atop the restaurant i might have bought this more the exact the same exact, breakup. Yeah. Oh, we're breaking up after being a couple, and you know we talked about having kids, but now we're breaking up. That's fine. Okay, so that takes me down this path, though. Okay. All right. And it's really Kathleen Kelly as a whole, <laughs> Meg Ryan's character. After she gets stood up at the restaurant slash coffee place, and she does not know that Tom Hanks, who then shows up, who had shown up and she was disgusted to see, was actually her email you've got mail friend okay she acts like being stood up while it hurt her was no big deal and continues to pursue the relationship and email with this guy continually there is no way any self-respecting human being male or female 
would allow that to just go off their back like, no problem, you didn't show up. I'm sorry. I mean, this character is written, Meg Ryan deserves, and she did a great job, but she deserves better. Like, your writing is, well, he stood her up. She doesn't know it was Hank's Joe Fox. And so we're just going to continue on and go, and go down the path. You know what you would have said? I mean, a young Declan Goff or Phil Mackey back in this day would have been like, oh, okay, if you're going to stand me up, I'm done now. And yeah, Kathleen I, I Kevin was like, no problem. I always had the mindset, and I'm very happily married now and have outkicked my coverage. But when I, but when I was a single guy... I would like there were certain situations where I would tell myself, like, let's say I would reach out or whatever, and then they would they would either not get back or or let's say we were supposed to hang out or something and they had to cancel last whatever. Right. There are certain situations where I would tell myself I will never reach out to them again until they reach out to me because mm-hmm. the ball is in their court now. Yeah, and so I'm with you. In fact, I'm going to transition because Judd and I are just like in sync on this review of You've Got Mail. <laughs> Um, my least favorite part of this movie sort of stems from the quote from Kathleen Kelly at the very end where where Joe Fox and his dog Binkley are, are walking through the park and he shrugs his shoulders and it's like, yeah, it's been me the whole time, right? And her quote was, and maybe you have the audio of this. Dad. Don't her cry. Quote was, Shop girl. Don't cry. I wanted it to be you. I wanted it to be you so bad. That right there. I wanted it to be you so bad. Really? You wanted it to be him? You hated him throughout the entire movie. So you hated you hated the the the, 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 the Joe Fox. That, Let me just say that right now. You hated the Joe Fox that you knew in person because of all and she said all these horrible things about him, right? And then, okay, well, what about the Joe Fox that she knew online? He stood you up. There's literally nothing about Joe Fox that isn't terrible in your life, right? Yes. Or manipulative. Wouldn't she also? Wouldn't she be mortified in that moment when she and she's kind of you can tell her little Meg Ryan facial expressions or kind of trying to crinkle her face, figure out what's happening, right? Wouldn't you be mortified if you came to the realization in that moment? Oh my God, this guy has known for weeks, weeks. Yeah. He, yes. That he's been chatting with me online, I didn't know. That's amazingly manipulative. Like, I wouldn't just be falling into his arms and saying, I wanted it to be you the whole time. Yes. Unless she's just looking to tap into some of that Joe Fox uh, net worth, which but, could be. But then she would have. The but then we would have gone down this path quicker. Do you know what this is, too? So here's the frustrating thing about the relationship, okay? You know what this was? In, in This just occurred to me, but it's true. This was in some ways a remake of when Harry met Sally and they didn't get along and they clashed, but they clashed over normal stuff that people clash about. Right. Like they were they had differences of opinions and views. And I think that film is marvelous. And Billy Crystal is great. But this was like, let's make Harry a serial killer and see what happens. You know, let's make let's Harry, make him a sociopath. Yeah, let's yeah. make exactly. Let's make let's make Harry a horrible human because you know he's a <laughs> the Billy Crystal character is is odd and quirky, but ultimately sort of lovable because of that. So they're, they're like, let's make Joe Fox. You're right. You're exactly right. A sociopath, and see where that goes. All right, Dex. What was your least favorite part of this movie? Uh, least favorite part is is the scene in the coffee shop and Meg Ryan really not putting the two and two together, and then. Also, 
when they when she returns back to the bookstore the next day to explain that she got stood up and then her coworkers make up the conspiracy theory that that guy on the roof or the the what was it i had it written down not the murderer was it a murderer yeah uh, yeah the rooftop killer the rooftop killer yeah. was like oh it was probably him it was probably like so you weren't able to put together that this guy's it, it's probably tom hanks and then your friends are just like or your coworkers are it was probably a rooftop killer and, and she kind of buys it too I, I just i didn't like that part in the movie at all like because clearly it was pretty bleeping obvious that it's going to yeah. be tom hanks it was going to be Tom Hanks. So I, 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 I had a tough time with that scene. All right. Least believable, Judd. Least believable the part end. in this movie. Yeah. The end. There's no way that the end works. I wanted it to be you. You have, de- you have destroyed this woman's life. And by the way, Joe Fox, congratulations. You won. Like your store is going to be th- successful. In fact, my prediction is that store uh, didn't go out of business till 2014. But, you know, if you look at the end of that film... And that's really how you end it with, you know, I wanted it to be you. And that guy has treated her like garbage for the entire film. No self-respecting person would say that. Uh, that to me was the was the least believable. So I'm going I'm to go a, a little bit of a different twist on this. I think the least believable thing was that Joe Fox's life doesn't make sense to me. So I started doing some digging on what – so the. Uh, in the production notes, uh, Fox Books was originally they wanted it to be a Barnes and Noble, and Barnes and Noble said no. So, so Fox Books and everything about Fox Books—it's a five-level bookstore with a with a coffee shop, you know, in it. Which all, the Barnes and Noble always had Starbucks inside of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so Joe Fox and his, I, I, presumably his father as well, but like their family owns and runs. A multi-chain, like multi-location, massive book conglomerate. Okay, mm-hmm. and so uh, Barnes and Noble in 1998. If if Fox Books is indeed Barnes and Noble, Barnes and Noble in 1998 generated three billion dollars in revenue. Wow. Leonard Riggio was the longtime chairman of Barnes and Noble from like the early 70s all the way through like the early 2000s. And according to public records, he was – the public records I found only go back to like 2006. So they didn't really cover the heyday of Barnes & Noble, which was the late 90s, early 2000s. But even then, he was making over a million dollars a year in chairman slash CEO salary. So Tom Hanks, presumably Joe Fox, is pulling in like in the late 90s. That dude's probably pulling in a million dollars a year minimum and maybe even more than that with with business arrangements, right? And yet – and yet, okay, he's with this horrible, not even if I could just, not even that great looking, like this woman that he's with is just a devil, okay, uh, for one. And and two, why is he like resorting to anonymous, weird, like early internet chat rooms to find dates, right? The whole well, thing. He's got some issues. It's all weird. Like this dude would be sought after. This dude is loaded. Like he would have plenty of options in New York City in the late 1990s. So his whole, his life doesn't really make sense to me. Fair enough. Yeah, I I would okay. say I, I flip flopped my favorite and least believable. So the least believable part is the thing I, I went into with the rooftop killer. But my least favorite part of this movie was that it was it was too long. And I wanted more Dave Chappelle. I just, I, I that's just a selfish, that's just a selfish move on my end. I, sure. I love me some Dave Chappelle. I want a little more of him because um, it was a, kind of a more serious role. Like he was, it wasn't. He, I mean, he was a little cheeky and funny, but he wasn't normal yeah. Dave Chappelle. Um, and I love that. I love when he actually plays 
not his not his normal sticky self. So I, I want a little more Dave Chappelle. But yes, the least believable part with that whole rooftop killer thing doesn't make any sense to me. We also have the cheesiest part. I think we can all agree it's probably the last scene. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if, if anyone has a dissenting opinion, and um, if, if you went so if this film, if this script had not had Hanks and Chappelle, it could have been a very dark film. Yeah, like it would not be hard to spin this into a dark film. Yeah, because it's because like think the, about the Hanks version of like this the, like Joe, but like Joe Fox is an awful guy. Like like Joe Fox, if you cast somebody else, a different actor is Joe Fox. Yeah. Like that guy could have, I mean, I don't know. He was sociopath. He could have killed people. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got some production notes for you guys. A lot of interesting stuff off this movie here. Okay. Uh, so in order for their roles to feel authentic, both Meg Ryan and Heather Burns, who plays Christina, worked at an actual bookstore for a week prior to filming. Can you imagine mm. just walking into a bookstore and Meg okay. Ryan. And is Christina's her filming? friend in the bookstore, the younger friend. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Okay. Yeah. The filmmakers originally wanted to use a real-life Barnes & Noble for Fox & Sons books, but the chain said no. A recently closed Barney's location was used instead. Uh, Dave was actually offered the role... Dave Chappelle. Uh-huh. Dave Chappelle was, was actually offered the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump, oh. but turned it down good. in 1994. Yeah. A good role for him to turn down. Yeah, good, good job, Dave. He got another chance to him. work with Tom Hanks, playing his friend Kevin and You've Got Mail. The shop around the corner wasn't actually a bookstore. In real life, it was Maya Shaper's Cheese and Antique Shop. The filmmakers thought it had the right vibe, so they sent the owner on vacation for a few weeks, transformed the space into a bookstore, and then put everything back where they found it after they were done filming. <laughs> I wonder how, how much they how gave that? the person to go away on vacation. I hope they got paid good. It's kind of like because you're shutting your store when down. The, when the Ryder Cup was here, all kind like Tiger Woods and all these top, you know, multi gazillionaire golfers would do that with work. They would they'd rent home, a yeah. home for an ungodly amount of money on Lake Minnetonka for like a week or two. Yep. And then they would, in some cases, have all of the furniture taken out of the house and replaced with new furniture. Mm-hmm. And then once they're out, the house looked like no one was ever there. So that's what they did with this antique shop in the in I think it's the Upper West Side. It was is where this yep. movie was yes. filmed. So, all right, uh, definitive hey, relationship rankings. Did, oh. did you guys see when, when they're in, in a Starbucks buying coffees, what in 1998, approximately what the price of a Starbucks? 295. Yeah. 295 yeah. for a Starbucks. Yeah. What's that's that now? <laughs> Six? <bucks>. Eight? <laughs> oh, man. What's a Starbucks yeah, a now? Well, like, I, I, honestly, a, a normal black cup of coffee is $3 at Starbucks. Right, but they're not getting a normal black coffee. Cup, cup of coffee. They're they're talking about they're getting like some specialty special, drinks. Yeah, yeah, specialty five drinks. Five to six. six five yeah, to six. Somewhere there. Two ninety five, baby. Yeah. Oh, and and when Meg Ryan's friend uh, is t- talking about the fact that before the bookstore actually does close, and it's being threatened, and there's one point where she <laughs> says, "If I don't have this job, I'm going to have to get a part time job somewhere and move yeah. to Brooklyn." Think about that now. Everyone's gone to Brooklyn. Like, Brooklyn's become the place to be. And at that time, it was like, oh, Brooklyn's a cesspool. No one wants to go to Brooklyn. I thought that was great. Yep. Yep. Uh, All right. So we have two different rankings here. We've got definitive relationship rankings, and we're looking for a 1 through 10 score. And the criteria is just chemistry between the characters. Mm -hmm. So Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly. So far, we've done five rom-com reviews. Hitch and Sarah are leading the pack with an 8.8. Ben Barry and Andy Anderson from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 8.3. Ben and Lindsay from Fever Pit, 6.7. 
Melanie and Redneck Jake from Sweet Home Alabama, a 6.2. And Sam and Annie from Sleepless in Seattle, a 3.3, because they were really never on screen together. Correct. So. Uh, all right, Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly, one through ten. How would you rate their chemistry? So I don't like the characters. Like I don't like how the characters are written, but the chemistry between the two actors is phenomenal. So I'm going to invoke a um, a split here and say that while I actually don't think the characters are good people because one's stupid and one is terrible, uh, the chemistry between them ends up being fantastic. And I'm going to give them an eight. Okay. Like I thought the chemistry is the. I mean. At that time, Hanks and Ryan were fantastic together. Yep. I'm, I'm going to give them an eight. Yeah, I also am as an eight. I think it's 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 pretty strong. I've, there, there's bickering and there's a little bit of cat and mouse chasing. And I, you guys have stronger opinions on the manipulation of Fox than I do. I, I don't think it's that crazy, in my opinion. It's definitely manipulation. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Uh, but I, 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 I do think it's an eight. It's an eight. It's a nine for me. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's a nine for me. All the reasons you guys said which means it's an 8.3 composite score tied with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days pairing. And that brings us to the overall entertainment value of this rom-com. To this point, Hitch is our top movie at a 9. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, 8.8. Sleepless in Seattle, 7.2. Fever Pitch, 6.3. And Sweet Home Alabama, a 6. Judd? Declan hit on a key point. The film is too long. It just it drags. It's, it starts it's to drag. Long, it yeah. starts to drag. Yeah. Um. I I I love the chemistry between the characters, but the actual film itself to me is not. It's not as good as Sleepless. Uh, and it's nowhere near when Harry meets Sally, which I know does not involve Tom Hanks. I'm giving it a six. Wow. I'm, I'm going to okay. dock it. There's there's a lot about the film I will dock. Um. And I will make that up by saying the chemistry between the characters was great, but I rewarded that already. So I'm going to dock the film itself and say wow. that the late Miss Efron did not give, with all due apologies to the dead, her best effort here. It's a six. <laughs> all right, Declan? Uh, I, I like this film. It is too long. It's the first time I saw it. I would like to watch it again down the road. I it's a It's very cute and adorable. I think it's an eight. I think it's an eight out of ten. Um, it, it's, it's probably, it maybe leans a little bit too good on the movies we like to review. Like it, it's a, it's a pretty good movie. Honestly, I think it's a, it's a Sleepless pretty damn good too, movie. Sleepless is two as well. Yeah. But for me, it's an eight. I think it's an eight out of 10. I, I enjoyed myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm higher on this movie than, than you guys. It's a, it's a nine for me. This wow. is, this is an iconic movie. I didn't this, see this it movie, going this way. Okay. It, it's iconic because of Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. It's iconic because of. It sort of ushers in the internet age. I guess you could say that the net with Sandra Bullock a couple of years earlier might have ushered in the movie internet age. But you know, the, what when about you think war of games? like, there's probably a few. <laughs> but when you think of like iconic internet movies yeah. from that era, this is on the Mount Rushmore for sure. So uh, right. and it's it's wildly entertaining. I, I don't get offended by two hour movies like Judd does, but um, our composite score is seven point seven, which makes it the third most, I guess, entertaining. Rom-com we have reviewed so far. I have a question. What happened to Greg Kinnear? Um, Craig Kilborn, Greg Kinnear. There's yeah. there's people who have disappeared from, for the most part. Oh, did we do a Google? He search? was he was uh, you know Little Miss Sunshine. He plays the dad in Little Miss Sunshine. But that's how old now. Um, that's yeah. I mean that's fifteen years. And on Talk Soup, old. he was absolutely fantastic. But that's twenty five years ago, probably now. It has been a long time since he's, since he's been in Little uh, Miss Sunshine was great. Actually great he's film. he's he's been in a ton of stuff. 
Of, of uh, late, though? He's been in, the, the TV, yeah. The TV oh, okay. series The Stand. I don't watch The Stand. Okay, I then I've just missed it. What that is. But, uh, I mean, he's been in, like, at least... House of Cards. He was in four movies in 2019. I've never heard of any of them. Oh, I had no and idea. In, he was on one of the, the new Twilight Zone episodes in 2019. He was in an episode of House of... Seven episodes of House of Cards in 2018. Yeah. Okay, so I've just missed him. Yep. That's a me problem. So he's been doing a ton of stuff. Um, yeah. All right, for next week, should we keep the rom-com rewind yeah, streak sure. going? Yeah, do a, go I'm a little never going to complain about a good rom-com. All right. So, well, actually, I will complain, but that's after the fact. A few that we have on our list here, the ones that we talked about last week were While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock, yeah. which Solid. I think Bill Pullman is also in the movie. Yep. The American President. Let's, let's go. We, those are two of the ones we had last week. So While You Were Sleeping or The American President. Which is shorter? Uh, American now. president runtime is two hours and nine minutes. While you were sleeping is a, is an hour and 40. So I have we'll a while, while you were, you were sleeping. sleeping. Okay. All right. Well, and while you were sleeping will be great fodder. Great okay. fodder. Sandra Bullock, Bill Pullman. I saw it in the theater. You guys have, ne- you guys have never seen it? So no, Judd has saw it, it in the theater. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I think Dex is going to have a lot, a lot to say about this movie. All right. So while you were sleeping, while next you were week sleeping. on Ron Conway, right, and that's a wrap on today's episode of Mackie and Judd. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, thanks for turning in your man card at the beginning of this episode.